Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about the movie The Sound of Freedom, which many of you perhaps have heard about. It was released a few weeks ago, and it is doing very well if you look at it per screen revenue. And in fact, this movie, which is about sex trafficking, is expected to eclipse $100 million by the time its, its full release is done, which is great because that's what Hollywood wants. Hollywood wants uh, to get money back on its investment. In this case, the budget was $14 million. And it's easily going to make that because as of this recording, it's already made easily over $50 million. Now, Sound of Freedom is uh, getting a little blowback because it's alleged connections to QAnon. But let me let me back it up. So Sound of Freedom is a movie that's actually done by Catholics. It's Well, I wouldn't say that it's done by the Catholic Church, but the producer of it, Eduardo Verastegui, he used to be a, a soap opera star. I remember back in the day when I used to watch soap operas in Mexican movies with my parents because I am from Mexico. That's how I remember him from. But he produced it. He's also in it. And it stars Jim Caviezel, who also most famously played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ, which was another vehicle that was created by a Catholic, probably one of the most famous Catholics in Hollywood, who is now discredited, Mel Gibson. Go to that episode we did on Gibson versus Costner. May and I did, and we give the backstory as to why he's... uh, He's fallen from grace quite some time ago in Hollywood. But the movie is headlined by Catholics, and, it, and it's, it's something that, that Catholic Christians always discuss, which is life matters, right to life and conception and natural death. And I think a lot of people always focus on the abortion issue with Catholics because the, the Catholic Church has always been 100% pro-life, but it's all aspects uh, of life all the way to natural death. And Child trafficking is a major problem. The large majority of child trafficking, of course, is done uh, for sex trafficking. And you've seen this probably most famously played out in Taken, the Liam Neeson movie. But anytime we used to have the milk cartons back in the day, I remember in the 80s and 90s, they would have pictures of missing kids on milk cartons. You go to Walmart, you'd see the pictures of them over there too in the front when you walk in. Most of these people are sadly... Uh, used for sex trafficking and this has kind of been in the know but it's really been ramped up I think Taken actually did a quite a lot for that and, and and now you actually see billboards that openly talk about the sex trafficking issue so the the plot of the movie revolves around sex trafficking and uh, an attempt by real life person Tim Ballard to get children back from sex trafficking I'm not going to really ruin the plot because you're more than welcome to watch it now as a whole, movies like this are not supported by mainstream Hollywood. So as a whole, Disney, Paramount, Universal, and the, the typical assortment of studios don't really do anything that's Christian-inspired. There have been other successful Christian movies. I think of movies like Fireproof and some of those from the evangelical side that have done relatively well. And you know, what do we mean by relatively well? I mean, most of these movies are made for a low budget. So for them to be successful, they don't have to make a lot of money. We talked about this with the Blumhouse model of 
horror movies that when your budget is pretty low, it's pretty easy to, to be a successful movie. But as a whole, the, the mainstream studios don't support these movies because honestly, they're Christian. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Hollywood was not founded by Christians. Hollywood does not push Christian values. Certainly since the codes were removed back in the late 50s, early 60s, definitely there were more what we would call today family-friendly films. I think of It's a Wonderful Life. And certainly we used to have Ben-Hur, Quo Vadis, The Robe, you know, all these, these Christian-inspired or biblical stories that were much more common back in the 50s. Uh, but when the codes were taken down, the codes that, that pr protected uh, people from seeing what we would call today smut, like uh, sexuality and profanity, when those were removed, then you had what a lot of people would call the best time of Hollywood, which is like the late 60s, early 70s, with auteurs like Scorsese, in these movies that were very cutting edge. And I mean, I, I was supposed from a conservative perspective, we're, we're very graphic and pornographic. You know, por pornography does not mean sexual pornography, pornographic just means eliciting a response. So you, you have to put the word sexually pornographic when you're talking about what we call today porn. But either way, Hollywood does not support movies that support Christianity in any way, shape, or form. Going back to Passion of the Christ, Gibson, big name, big name at this time, couldn't get a studio to support it. He had to get private funding. And it's the same thing here with this movie. Uh, it was done way back in 2018. It was finished in 2018. And they had a distribution deal done with 20th Century Fox, and then that was bought out by Disney. And then they shelved it. And eventually, Verastigi, the producer, went to Angel Studios, which is kind of known, it's very small, very small. And uh, they're kind of known for doing religious stuff, more religious stuff. And if I'm not mistaken, I, I, I could be wrong, but I think Angel Studios was, uh, it was an LDS or a Mormon thing, I could be wrong. But at least they they try to uh, push things that normally aren't going to be um, supported in mainstream Hollywood. So, for example, they have the the chosen. They have uh, their hands in the chosen, and they have their hands on on some other things. So, uh, his only son was another. That was a biblical drama that they did, and some other things that Angel Studios has done. So, Verastiki went to Angel Studios, and. That Angel Studios uses a uh, crowdfunding kind of rubric or model for their business. And so a lot of Sound of Freedom was investments from people, in particular 7,000 people invested into it. And they encourage patrons to pay it forward to allow people who might not otherwise see it watching the theaters for free. And I think that has been successful in that regard. And Sound of Freedom was only Angel Studios' second theatrical release after his only son, which, as you can guess by the name of it, his only son has to do with uh, something biblical. And in particular, that movie has to do with Abraham and Isaac. Now, Rotten Tomatoes, it's been decent. Again, Rotten Tomatoes doesn't really tell you anything what you need to know about if, whether or not a movie is good, but it's 72%, and it's got a 6.7 out of 10 rating. The, 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 the the mainstream, let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20. 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. The mainstream reviews of this movie, not surprisingly, have not been good. Rolling Stones, Miles Klee said, Sound of Freedom is a stomach-turning experience, fetishing the torture of its child victims and lingering over lush preludes to their sexual abuse. At times, I had the uncomfortable sense that I might be arrested myself just for sitting through it to know thousands of adults will absorb this vigilante fever dream and come away thinking better informed on a hidden civilizational crisis. What's well, profound and depressing. We're still the one to spread the word. You look at Variety, which is a trade magazine, Owen Gleiberman. I think Owen Gleiberman used to write for Entertainment Weekly, if I'm not mistaken. He said, let's assume that, like me, you're not a right-wing fundamentalist conspiracy theorist looking for a dark faith-based suspense film to see over the weekend. Even then, you need, it, you need not hold extreme beliefs to experience Sound of Freedom as a compelling movie that shines an authentic light in one of the crucial criminal horrors of our time, one that Hollywood mostly shields away from. And then there's some other ones that are positive and negative. Uh, RogerEbert.com, Nick Allen over there wrote something negative. Sound of Freedom is a solemn, drawn-out bore with a not particularly bold narrative stance. Caring about the safety of children is roughly the easiest cause for any remotely decent human being. But while being so committed to such solemnity and suffering, the truncated storyline by co-writers Monteverdi and Rod Barr, neglect of flesh out ideas or characters or add any more intensity to Ballard's slow, slow, slow burn search for two kids. Um, look, so, like with everything in America today, it's polarizing. The flyover country that Hollywood has utter disdain for but will gladly take their dollar when they make the, the, the previous IP, like Marvel stuff, they turned out to this. They turned out to this. Uh, the the typical middle middle America flyover country, more religious, more conservative. They came out and through word of mouth, they've made this movie successful. And Hollywood again has disdain. The elitists have always had disdain for these types of people. And going back to the QAnon connection, so I, I don't I don't think it's necessarily QAnon. I think like Verastigi and Caviezel. These guys have gone on podcasts that maybe the left would consider to be right-wing conspiracy theory stuff. I'm not going to comment on that because it took, I don't know the backstory of a lot of these podcasts. But one of the plots of Sound of Freedom is what you see also in Taken, which is that there is a, a, a global elite of very wealthy people that have their hands dirty in this. So if, if Taken can mention that and not get maligned for it. I'm not sure why this movie would get maligned for it, aside from the fact that it was completely funded essentially by Christians. It's a Christian movie done by Christians, and 
Hollywood eschewed it on purpose. Hollywood doesn't want Christian works, Christian films to do well, and it did well. And of course, they're angry and they don't want this movie to do well. And in fact, on if you look at per screen revenue, it did better than Indiana Jones when it, they were both released, I believe, on the same weekend. And it is out earned it. And on by the second weekend, it was making more money than Indiana Jones. Of course, the studios don't want this. The studios don't want you to leave the catnip that they provide us all the time. So, of course, they're angry at that. Now, whether or not you're a Catholic Christian or you're a Christian, it doesn't really matter. Child slavery is a horrible thing. None of us, of course, obviously would want this to happen to our own children. And the story of Tim Ballard, some of the some people are saying they fabricated it. Uh, the guy, the, the guy that this movie is based on, who who tries to save children, uh, that that it's been glorified, it's it's been propagandized, and you know, look, we just had the movie on Hot Cheetos, and uh, even Longoria came out, and and essentially the story of Hot Cheetos, how this Mexican worker invented Hot Cheetos, is not even a true story. The L.A. Times came out and debunked that. Uh, so, but you don't see really her getting a lot of slack for that. So, I mean, look, whether or not Tim Ballard, whether these stories are exaggerated or not, that's part of movie making is that you do have to exaggerate things to a certain extent. I'm not saying it is exaggerated or not. What I'm saying is that there, there is a massive hypocrisy and a double standard done by Hollywood when it comes to stuff like this. Either way, I have not seen the movie in, in full honesty. I'll probably watch it when it goes streaming. Uh, and I'm not necessarily telling you to go see it. All I'm doing is just reporting how this movie is doing well, how the media barely covers it unless it's right-wing outlets. If you look at like Deadline, Variety, Hollywood Reporter, um, you know, they're only covering, there's no articles on like, oh my God, this small film's done well, like what they do with all the Blumhouse model of horror movies, how, oh my God, this movie's making tons of money, or like when my big fat Greek wedding come out, oh my God, small budget made a lot of money. There's no articles by the trades Hollywood trades on this. It's just simply, oh, this weekend in the box office, you know, Indiana Jones, at a Mission Impossible, da da da. Oh, yeah, it's under Freeman's ladies like, in the second place. With it. It just, there's no reporting because you've got to remember Hollywood is arguably, it's not even arguably, but it's very liberal, very left of center, very secularist and atheist, and they don't want any success done by a movie done by Christians. On, it, on a Christian theme, and no doubt, even they themselves don't want their kids to be uh, kidnapped and sold into child trafficking, sex trafficking, of course not. But understand, you know, the, the left have biases, the right, of course, have biases, we all have confirmation bias, but they don't want this movie to do well, and they're going to do their best not to give it any publicity in any sort, because they don't want the movie to do well. They don't want the movie to do well, so please understand that. Guys, I'll post a poll over at Spotify. You let me know if you've seen this movie or you're going to see this movie. Please rate and review because it helps with the algorithm get this channel to grow. And there's a link in the episode notes for PayPal. And there's a link to the website, theclefgregorio.com, where you can listen to all the four feeds. But the best way to listen to them is on Apple and Spotify. Until next time, take care. God bless. And pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.